Luke chapter 2. Let's read a couple verses of scripture to you. Uh, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, everybody say, and suddenly. And there was the angel and multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those who with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you uh, for Adam Crabb. We thank you for the anointing and the gift uh, that you have blessed him with. Uh, thank you, Lord, that uh, he is impacting people to build the kingdom of God. He's changing lives. Uh, continue to use him. Uh, open doors for him that, that no man can open and close doors that no man can close. Uh, Lord, I ask you to bless this word as we dive into Christmas uh, here today at Living Faith Church. Uh, may this story uh, revitalize itself daily uh, over the next four to five weeks. May we, may we be inundated with its, with its scripture. May we be inundated with the text. May we be inundated with the power of what it represents. So bless this word. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. The title of the message this morning is simply called, It's Christmas, Now What? It's Christmas, Now What? Shepherds received the very first announcement of Jesus' birth. Shepherds! That was what was a silent night, what was a normal night, suddenly became a magical night. A night that still captivates us today. Oh, holy night. We love that song. This message was simple, it's profound. The delivery of this message was God doing what God does best, the miraculous. Angels appears to shepherds. This this angels then sing to shepherds. Now, it's not just enough that they, when we see that all the time, the angels showed up to the shepherds, but the actual, after they showed up, they sang. They sang to them. The Bible says, and suddenly, after this angel appeared, suddenly there was a great course. It's almost like heaven unzipped itself and the sky unzipped this magic, glorious choir showed up. Not just two angels, not just three angels, an angelic choir showed up and started singing to announce our Savior's birth, to announce His arrival. God does things. Jimmy and Angel just had a beautiful baby boy, right? And, and man, that kid's got more hair than I got already. I mean, they've already got, did y'all see that? He's already got the mohawk thing going on. I haven't mohawked for 15 years. I got the inverted mohawk. Me and Don Cosson. Uh, but man, that's, that's how God does things. He wanted, and Jimmy was proud that his son was born, right? He broadcasted it and shared it the best way he could, right? And this is what God was doing in Luke chapter 2. He was broadcasting to the whole world in that Facebook, right? Didn't, they couldn't tweet it, they couldn't Instagram it. So God said, I'm going to send angels. And I'm going to unzip the, 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 the portals of heaven, and I'm going to send this angelic choir behind the angel, and they're going to sing the shepherds. That's what God does. That's how God does things. The most common occupation received the most glorious invitation. Verse 10 says, news of great joy that will be for all people. At Christmas, heaven interrupted earth in the form of a baby. He interrupted the daily routine and came wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Simple. 
Unwanted. No room, right? Put him in a stable. Bible says in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The king came to earth in a small town of 150 people. Of all the kingdoms of the world that Jesus could have showed up at. Of all the places in the world that Jesus could have been born. He was born in a town of 150 people. That's all Bethlehem had in it. It was 150 people. 150. Now, I appreciate that. I'm from Ashford. I mean, anybody near Ashford? Anybody know where Ashford is? There's a couple of you. Man, that's, that's, you're talking about simple. I mean, it's like Jesus was born in Ashford. I mean, that's what Bethlehem was. It was nowhere. Not on the map. I can appreciate the humble beginning. I can appreciate the simplicity of where he came to. Because I was born in a small town. I was raised where all we have is a mailbox. Didn't have a gas station. We had an IGA. Right? We had taverns. Or uh, maybe they had some taverns. Uh, green light lanterns. All kinds of taverns. But I can appreciate that King came in a humble way. This is certainly not how we would have planned this event. We want to crown the Messiah arriving in earth to a 150-person town in an inn where there was no room for it. We would have done that. It's not how we would have done it. But let me add, I can appreciate the fact that he came to a place not with bright lights and in pageantry, but with a small, humble beginning. Bethlehem, when Jesus came, it changed everything. In Bethlehem, the town itself, it went from mundane to meaningful, from Ordinary to outstanding, from average to awesome. And that's the difference Jesus makes in all of our lives today. Now, he can take your mundane, ordinary, boring life and can make an extraordinary, awesome life. That's what he still does today, if we allow him. It's Christmas. Now what? How many of you, I'm not asking, this is not an altar call. How many of you fought Black Friday crowds? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you black, don't be ashamed. I saw your Facebook posts. How many of you went out on Friday and shopped? Or maybe Thursday night? Now, it's 36 hours of Black Friday now. You notice that? It starts Thursday. It's just really black half Thursday, Friday. Right? How many, how many of you fought? How many of you small shopped yesterday? Yesterday was small business Saturday, wasn't it? You were supposed to, to go to small businesses and shop at small businesses. How many of you were a small business person yesterday and shopped small yesterday? All right? You did the small things. Now, some of you are still in your pajamas waiting for tomorrow, which is Cyber Monday. No crowds. Just lay in bed. Keep your PJs on. If you want to get... Actually, they still wear their PJs at Walmart. Um, there may have been people in their PJs at Walmart on Friday. Uh, but some of you are waiting for tomorrow that you can do all your shopping online and get that free two-day shipping and overnight stuff, and, and then they lose your package, and it shows up a week later, right? That kind of stuff. Some of you are shooting for that. You're hoping for Cyber Monday. Regardless of how you shop, most of us are in full Christmas mode right now. Our sanctuary is decorated for Christmas. We're in Christmas mode. we got 24 days till Christmas. How many of you have a countdown at the house? Got one of them little things just mark off? Some of you have had that up since Labor Day. Right? Some of you have been dreaming. Some of you is wondering if it's a sin to put your Christmas up after Labor Day. Y'all tried. I've seen your posts. As soon as the, as soon as the trick-or-treaters in, you were giving out candy, trees were coming out. 
You were putting up trees when the candy was to be handed out. It's Christmas. We spend so much time and energy during the holidays. Some of you have been thinking about decorating since last year. We're out buying gifts, we're decorating our homes, we're fixing meals, we're planning parties, we're wrapping presents, we're busy at church, we have special services, we're giving to charities, we're being a secret Santa. And all this happens in a very short to four to five week period every single year. We're so busy doing Christmas that we forget about the actual meaning of Christmas. Light has come. My prayer for you all is I want you to soak it all in. To recapture the miraculous night of our Savior's birth. The King has come to save us. Our weary world can now rejoice. Why? Because yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Right? We can rejoice now. We can be happy. We can celebrate. Joy to the world. Why? The Lord has come. It's time to bask in this Christmas. we got 24 more days to prepare our hearts, to prepare room, to allow Him to come into our world. And I want you to experience it in a real way. So I've got four points that I want to go over here very quickly so I can get you to Cracker Barrel or Bob Evans. or Some of you, now if we're running late, you can just go to Jimmy John's or Freaky Fast. We can still get you to 2 o'clock. These following points are not about your activities. They're not about your activities. I'm not asking about more than your activities. I'm focusing on your attitudes of Christmas. Your attitudes. Because every once in a while, I hear someone say, I just can't get into the Christmas spirit. You ever heard somebody say that? I can't get into that spirit. Why can't you get into that spirit? Well, we're going to answer that today. We're going to answer I want you to get into that Christmas spirit. And it's more than wrapping presents. It's more than trees. And I have nothing against Santa Claus. I love Frosty the Snowman. I still like Rudolph. I cried when Frosty melted the first time I saw it on TV. I cried like a baby. I bawled my eyes out, man. It tore me up. I still don't. I still don't like watching that scene. It's terrible. Melting snowmen. The whole show's about snowman. With that in mind, let's think once again what Christmas really means. Christmas says that God became human being and God expressed His love by living among us, by walking with us and talking with us. That's what Christmas means. But what are the right attitudes? What ought we to, how should we think or how should we react that Christmas really can be real in our homes this holiday season? So i got four things I want to point out to you really quickly. Number one, enjoy it. Enjoy it. There's a single word that can describe Christmas, and it's joy. Several of our favorite Christmas songs sing, have the word joy. Oh, come all you faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? We sing in angels we have heard on high. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. We sing in heart. The herald angels sing. Unfortunately, many people leave Christ out of Christmas. Instead of looking to Jesus, people look for joy anywhere and everywhere else. Pretty much everybody wants happiness, but they don't really want joy. In fact, people do what they do for the purpose of finding happiness. And I've told you many times, happiness is based on a circumstance. Your happiness is based on how your day is going. Right? Right? Joy is not based on circumstance. 
Joy is based on faith. Joy is based on principles. Joy is based on the Word of God. Joy is based on, as Pastor Frank preached to us in a mini-sermon uh, before the service started, joy is found in the bucket of salvation. Our joy is found in Jesus Christ. His joy is our what? Strength. But I want you to enjoy Christmas. And if you notice that I got joy capitalized. I don't know if y'all picked up on that. It's a pretty cool part on my part. Enjoy it. Y'all just... I had to tell you that because nobody got it. Uh, but enjoy it. Enjoy it. People work so hard buying possessions that can make them happy. They look for happiness in entertainment, in hobbies, in sports. And if you're a Mountaineer fan, anyway, passions and various addictions, right? They're always looking for happiness. I love Christmas. I have so many memories of a child growing up at Christmas. And you've heard me share that. I share this every year, it seems like, because it's real to me. I'll never forget at Mahone Chapel United Methodist Church where I grew up. Every year, they gave us a big old bag full of oranges and apples, which I didn't eat. I did search for that Snickers bar and Reese cup at the bottom, right? That pack of gum, right? I remember the Christmas play. Every Christmas Eve, we had a Christmas play that all of Ashford shut down. Now, I know there's nothing to shut down, but everybody showed up. Right? I remember my whole family being my grandmother's on Christmas Eve. She's a little 100% Italian, about that tall. And we had squid and fish, and I had Fox Lux pizza. And we had fried raisin bread. We had pizzelles, which are little Italian waffle cookies, which I still make. Uh, we actually made some for Thanksgiving at my house. We were playing Uno, and the girls were like, Can you make waffle cookies? So here I am making me some quick waffle cookies so we can play Uno. Did you know they changed the rules of Uno? The whole game's changed. You can now, there's a swap card. I mean, there's one card that don't have a number on it, and you can dictate how many cards. Hannah's like, draw 20. 20? That's not even, there's not enough cards to draw 20. So we stopped that. We did that once, and I said, no, it's fine. But they, the world's changing around us. But I'm so glad there are some things that haven't changed, right? There haven't changed. So I made some cookies and we, I, I, those memories come fresh in my mind. And I, uh, and I want to enjoy it now like I enjoyed it then. I want that same 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old Don Kinder to enjoy Christmas. That's the same as 48 years old. I don't look 48 either. It's just a number. Uh, I want that same joy. I want that. But the problem with us when we enjoy it, we, we keep looking to the past when God says, you can look right now. You can, you can enjoy the past, but you can enjoy now too. Make new memories. I want you to enjoy Christmas. Enjoy it. So my challenge to you today is enjoy Christmas. I don't want my best memories of Christmas to be from 10, 20, or 40 years ago. I want them to be this year. So enjoy it. Enjoy this year. Take the hassle away. Remove all the expectation and just enjoy this marvelous season of hope. All right, number two. Number two, prepare for it. Prepare for it. We spend too much time fixing rather than preventing in our lives, don't we? Some of you are really good fixers. And God said, I want you to prevent something. I want you to prevent something from happening. You know what? We could prevent a lot of... We could miss a lot of our problems if we would work on them in advance. If we'd have preventive maintenance. If we'd... You know, we change our oil in the car. Why? Because the only reason some of you change oil in your car is because it tells you. Right? Ding, ding, ding! Right? I reset it in a Jeep last night, Kelly. It won't come on for another 7,000 miles. Uh, 
But it, it's the only reason we do things because we're told. We're told. Yet yeah, we do, we're really good at, at, at fixing things when we need to be preventing things. We need to prepare our heart. We need to prepare ourselves. How many times have you ever seen something in your house that needed attention and you ignored it? And what would have been a simple turn to turn into a major catastrophe? Right? What, what would have taken all of 32 seconds now took a full day? Because you had to go fix something and all you had to do was turn something. Why? Because we ignored it. Why? Because we did not prepare for it. So I'm asking you this holiday season, prepare for Christmas. Prepare for it. To fully appreciate this Christmas season, we need to prepare ourselves for Christmas. Prepare our hearts and prepare our minds. The year was 2004. Wally World, that year, the biggest Black Friday attraction was a 52-inch RCA HD TV. It's about that tall. It was about that wide. It's one of those that had that big speaker on the bottom. You know what I mean? The old school ones. That TV typically ran for about 1256 bucks, But this day, it was $498. So someone was really focused on getting a $498 52-inch picture. Come on, guys. Let's be honest. If your TV's not very big, you don't feel proud. You don't have that ego. You can't press your chest, you know. So I had soaked it in. I'd watched all that Thanksgiving. I sat there and I looked and I read and I saw it. I researched and I said, they're going to have a $500 TV, Kelly. I'm going. West Virginia was playing in a Thanksgiving basketball tournament that night in California. I think they played it like at 10 o'clock at night. I had a whole two liter of Mountain Dew in preparation for my, uh, my, my day. Everybody else went to bed. I went outside and took all the seats out of the minivan. I had that much faith. I'm getting a TV. I took all the seats. I had the Game Boy. I had combos. I had gummy bears. I had a little goodie bag because I knew this was going to be work. So here I go. At about 11.15, I took off to Walmart by myself, unsupervised. (laughs) One mission. One focus, one reality. That TV is mine. I get up to Walmart in Southridge, and so was everybody else. So I'm kind of walking around, you know, trying to look cool. Have my little bag. And I heard somebody say, TVs are over that way. Like they had these lines you had to get in. And, they, and I heard somebody say, we only got six. I'm like, oh, man. So I'm walking and I'm looking and. And there's all these people talking, and I'm just kind of, you know how you kind of meander in a crowd, you kind of slide in there. And, and I got some evil glares. Because they only had six, and there was already like ten people in line. I was number 11. So I kind of did this number, it's kind of backed out. Slid on. I, so I get in the car, I was a little disappointed, and I, get, I was driving down quarter G. And all of a sudden the Spirit of God spoke to me, go to Cross Lane, son. If I'm being perfectly transparent, it was probably the Mountain Dew speaking to me. Because I was caffeinated. Uh, 
So I did. I, I, I jumped off Jefferson Road and I said, I'm going to cross lanes. I get to cross lanes. And now I had a focus. Now I knew there was probably only six. Now I knew I had to find the specific spot. Now I didn't meander around the store looking. I just finally went up to somebody, where are the TVs? They said, you have to wait in line at customer service. We only have six. So I walk up and look. One, two, three, four. Yeah! <laughs> the problem is I left all my snacks, left the Game Boy. It was all in the car. So my faith was small. And that was like at 12.15, 12.35. And they weren't selling the TV till 5 a.m. So I sat there for the next five hours with perfect strangers who now become my lifelong friends. Right? We're buddies. We're buddies! I didn't have my sex. It was terrible. I didn't want to pee. I didn't want to move. So I sat there for five hours and we learned everything about each other. Right? So, so five o'clock come, they come up to us, and they gave us a coupon. So here you go. You only got six of these, it's yours. So I went up and paid for it at the register, and I'm just dancing, I'm giddy. I got like the biggest prize, I won! I'm a winner! I get out to my minivan that won't fit. That big old box wouldn't fit. And some really bright guy working at Walmart said, just tie it to the roof. I'm like, no. That's why you're working at Walmart, man. I ain't tying it to the roof. Right? So fortunately, some guy had a truck. It was a long story. But, man, I thought I was prepared for that moment. Right? I had all the bases covered. I, in my mind, I was perfectly in a good situation. My now what turned into a what now. Right? What do I do now? Right? I did get the TV home, and it was victoriously majestic and awesome for as long as it lasted. Um, But man, we prepare for a lot of things, but sometimes our preparation isn't right. Sometimes all the preparation we do in the natural, we still forget about something or or we miss a a very important detail. We miss it. And as we prepare for Christmas, I want you to prepare for it in the right way, in the right mindset. I want you to be prepared. We wait for Christmas every year. Then guess what? When it arrives, we miss it all the time. We decorate, we shop, we eat and eat and eat and eat. I really have that in my notes. Uh, we get gifts and we return gifts, and boom, it's New Year's Eve. We missed it again, didn't we? How many of you ever said, next year I'm not going to miss it? Next year I'm going to slow down. Next year I'm going to take a deep breath and enjoy Christmas. Well, guess what? It's next year. It's 2019. I don't want you to miss it this year. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to prepare for it. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it in 2019. I want you to enjoy it by preparing yourself for it. I want you to sing songs that you've never sung. I want you to watch all the great Christmas movies. I want you to get a bunch of friends and go watch Christmas Vacation together in a theater and say all the lines out loud, right? It's awesome. It's Christmas. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to prepare for it. I want you to eat the cake. I want you to wrap the presents. I want to open presents. But most importantly, I want you to worship the one came to save us. I want you to go to church. Yeah, I said that. I want you to come to church. I want you to fellowship with your church family. I want you to help others if you are able to be a blessing to someone that can't repay you. I want you to prepare for it. Number three, I want you to share your light. Share your light. In the four Gospels, only two of them have what we call a traditional Christmas story. Matthew and Luke have their traditional Christmas stories. Mark just jumps right in, right? 
full bore. John, though, has its own Christmas message. Here's what the Gospel of John says. Verses 4 and 5. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And what I like about that has not overcome it is that's not even past tense. That's now. That's present. It still hasn't overcome this light. When this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes showed up, guess what? He came as a light and darkness still has not overcome that light. He came at night as a light and darkness still hasn't overcome that light. He hasn't overcome it. I remember the one year when I was a kid growing up in Ashford. I had three sisters. Um, I slept with my light on. I was afraid of the dark. So I would I slept with a little Dallas Cowboy helmet light, and my door was shut. So I, would, I, I don't know how old it was. I was probably eight or nine. And I'm laying there, and, you know, every year you're waiting for Santa to roll in, right? You know, let's get this good. Let's do this, right? I'm, one year I did see Rudolph out my window. It was a plane. Um, looking back, I know it was an airplane, but I, it was red, and it was blinking. Um, so I... I never forget, I woke up about 2 a.m. and I ran downstairs as I always did. I was the first one up to see what Santa brought us, right? And I go in, I'm flipping every switch in the room, and they're all, nothing worked. My parents had went in and took every light bulb out. Every light bulb out, every light downstairs was dark. I had a light upstairs. They didn't take my light bulb. So what did I do? I ran upstairs in my brilliance and intelligence. Unplugged my Dallas Cowboy light, ran downstairs and plugged it in and took the lampshade off. I wanted to share my light, right? And there I saw it. I saw that's the year I got that Space Invaders game. It was gray and had the red. Played that for days. And I, I ran upstairs and got my sisters, come on, Santa Claus has showed up. And my parents, groggy, I thought they beat the system, but I won because why? I shared my light. <laughs> Right? I shared the light that I had. And I challenge you today in 2019 to share your light. In a dark world that needs to see light, share your light. Share your light. We all have, the Bible says we're a city set on a hill. Right? My very first sermon I ever preached in my entire life at Kimberly Church of God about 25 years ago, 26, 27, I don't know, 27 years ago, was called Don't Be a Lampshade Christian. Don't be a lampshade Christian. And I remember I took a lamp and I preached a sermon on that lamp and how when I had a lampshade on it, it had an engineering device that diffused the light to the direction you wanted it to go. But when you took that lampshade off, everybody got to see it. Everybody got to see that light. So I challenge you, this Christmas season, share your light. Take your lampshade off. Don't, don't try to hide what you have. Don't, don't try to hide the, the light that God has given you. I didn't hide it that night when I was young. I didn't hide it from my family. I, my whole sister, my parents were probably madder than hornets because I still woke everybody up. They tried to beat the system, but this, I shared my light. I won. So share your light. We all have an audience. What are they seeing in us? You have the ability to make an incredible impact where there are a countless number of eyeballs looking at you every single day. You have kids waiting to be interacted with. You have neighbors needing to talk to. You have co-workers looking for help. And the sad thing is, most of the time we miss it. Why? Because we overlook those moments. We overlook them. 
We, share, we have the same opportunity as anyone on the planet to change the world. We all have an audience that has given us permission to impact them. And it's up to us to share our light. It's up to us to share our light. Let's share our light. Let's tell not just our story, but let's share and tell his story. And number four, be kind. Be kind. This is the, this is the word of the week at the Kinder household. Kind. When I had Kelly through a draw for it, Kelly, she said, Don, you better say you love me. So anytime you reversed it or skipped somebody or had them draw to, you had to say, I love you. You had to be kind to him. So I told her, I said, kind's going to make this sermon this weekend. Uh, here's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is that right? No, that's not right. Here's what it really says. It's what y'all think it says. Here's what it really says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We forget that kindness is the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, some of you don't like that. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. We love the joy. We love the peace. We love the long-suffering. Some of you do. We love the gentleness. We love the meekness. But guess what? Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit too. So this holiday season, we need to be kind. Christmas is a season of joy and a season of hope. Don't be the one that sends the wrong message. Kindness is the fruit of the Spirit we always forget about. Here's what the Bible says in Titus. But when the, king, when the kindness of the love of God of our Savior appeared, He saved us. His kindness saved us. Kindness isn't a state of mind or a mood, it's an action. And until it becomes a natural part of who you are, it needs to be an intentional action. In other words, until you learn to be kind normally, you need to purposefully, intentionally be kind. Be kind to those around you. Here's what the Bible says in Luke 6.35. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend them, lend to them without expecting anything back. And then your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. He's kind to us. That's why we should be kind this holiday season. Kindness isn't just a matter of helping an old lady cross the street. Or rescuing a cat from a tree. It's not just good deeds or you put in your schedule to practice kindness as some master plan. This kind of kindness really doesn't get in your way. Think about what I just said. True kindness doesn't get in your way. It's not a speed bump. You don't have to go out of the way to do it. True kindness. It's a natural response. Why? Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. Here's what Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. As God in Christ has forgiven you. Kindness might not have anything to do with helping strangers. It might have everything to do with how to treat those you treat you know really well. Practicing forgiveness and forbearance is practicing kindness. Forbearance is an interesting word. It means to control one's patience. To not give away to anger. To endure. To tolerate. So I'm asking you to be more tolerable this holiday season. Tolerate it. I know when all the families get together, it's chaos, isn't it? Right? We have to hear about everybody else's story or everybody else's opinion. And all of a sudden, we all get angry. Right? Right? I mean, we get angry. Why? Because people, people want to, they just want to tell us all about them. And, and some of you have this preconceived idea. It's not even Christmas yet. You're already dreading Christmas Eve. 
I mean, you got, you got 23 days before Christmas Eve hits, and you're in your mind going, oh, what's she going to wear? How's she going to act? What is he going to say this time? Right? Tolerate. Tolerate. Zip your lip. Right? Zip it. Tolerate it. This kind of kindness doesn't mess with your schedule or, or you or your pocket, but it messes with your mood and with your rights. Listen to your spouse and your kids and your parents and the guy at work who always has something to say. You ever got one of those? Don't listen to answer back. Don't listen to show your great uh, deeds that you are listening. Just listen. When a careless word offends you, let it roll off your back. Right? Let's be kind this holiday season. Let's be kind. When your kid messes up by acting like a kid, right? Don't blow up. Put your arm around him or her. And let them know you love them. Operate in kindness. Be aware of this. Those you're around every day are the ones whom you are most blind to your little unkindness acts. The ones we see every day are the ones we need to be most sensitive to. They're the ones who will be the most impacted by your little acts of kindness. Practice kindness with those you know best. Your spouse, your kids, your parents, the people who you work with every day. That's kindness. So those are your four points. It's Christmas, now what? I want you to enjoy it. I want you to prepare for it. Right? I want you to share your light. And I want you to be kind. You have 24 days. Can you do it? You know how many days it takes to make a habit, develop a habit? 21. So I've given you three extra days. You can start like Tuesday. <laughs> Like you can get it all out of your system if you want to. But then Tuesday, you got to turn it on, folks. 21 days to develop a habit. You want to enjoy it? You want to prepare for it? We want to share our light. We want to be kind. Christmas is so powerful because Jesus comes, the Bible tells us, in truth and in grace. He tells us the truth, but He also does it in grace. And I love that story about the, the dad, and they had their nativity scene outside, and, and little, his four-year-old boy, Scott, um, had this huge blow-up Tyrannosaurus Rex that he felt should be in the nativity scene, right? And, and the dad, they put Mary and the shepherds and the wise men and angels and baby Jesus, and, and they got all this, this beautiful stuff, and Scott wants his nine-foot-tall Tyrannosaurus Rex in the nativity scene. Right, And he got mad. He cried and was upset. And the dad kept saying, Scott, you don't understand. The Tyrannosaurus Rex doesn't go in the nativity scene. It's not, he wasn't part of that story. He was thousands of years before Jesus was born, son. But after much discussion and much debate, if you would drive by their house, you would see this beautiful nativity scene with a nine-foot green Tyrannosaurus Rex behind the nativity scene. The reality is, the truth is, that dinosaur didn't belong with baby Jesus. But grace says, let's put him there anyway. Let's put him there anyway. So Jesus is coming to you today in truth and in grace. Right? It's Christmas. What do we do with it? What do we do with it? The truth is, this morning, we all need a Savior. The good news is, he came as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. He is the hope of all mankind. He is the gift given. To, and He is the way back to the Father. This baby is our way out. Right? I think for Him, summed it up best. It's such a strange way to save the world. Such a strange way to save the world. But this was the plan. 
You know, God didn't have a plan B. Baby Jesus was the plan. Kevin and I, we always shoot for a plan B, right? We always have that that oops or uh uh-oh moment. God didn't have an oops or uh uh-oh moment. He said, this is my plan. I don't have a plan B. We're going to wrap a babe. We're going to put human flesh. And he's going to rise up. And 33 and a half years later, what Christmas started, Easter finished. This baby that we celebrate in the manger, we find on a cross. And guess what? The truth is we need him. And grace is... His arms are wide open. His grace receives you. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for Christmas. I thank you for this magical, majestic time of year where we we celebrate the birth of our Savior. I know the trees and the gifts and a lot of stuff seem to get in the way. But Lord, that's all just a celebratory moment of you and the gift you gave in Jesus. So, Lord, I just speak words over this sanctuary. I know this season can bring discomfort. It can bring harm. It can bring hurt. It can bring a lot of bad emotions. Lord, I just pray that everyone in this room enjoys Christmas. I pray everyone in this room prepares for Christmas. I pray for everyone in this room will share their light. And I pray we'll all be kind as we prepare our hearts for you. So, Father, be with us as the season. Minister us in Jesus' name.